Okay, so here we go. Adar, Mishanichnas Adar, Marvin Besimcha. Those the one we an Adar sets in, which is this past Shabbos. Those to uh, to to add Simcha to our lives. So how do we add Simcha to our lives? Wish we just uh, put on streamers. I walked into yeshiva today, and there were streamers and balloons everywhere. Yeah, definitely brought an element of thing now. As we get ready for Purim. But the Me'iri says something interesting. The Me'iri was a Rishon who lived in the 1200s. And he says, he writes, that the Yonah person gets to Simcha is when we recall and we remember all the wonderful things that Hashem has done for us. When we think about what Hashem has done for Kal Yitzhak from the times of Purim before and onwards, and that we're still here today, we're still able to keep the Mitzvah, still able to continue building and building and building. And that should lead us to Simcha. When we reflect the wonderful love that Hashem has given us, that ultimately gives us Simcha. So it's a time to, to think about all the goodness and, and, every, and everyone's individual lives to think about what a God's book is. And that is what he writes. Nevertheless, turning on music, you know, blowing up balloons, doing whatever you can for the kids also enhances the whole Abira, the whole atmosphere of the home. And um, and the Chazal say, you know, if you have a you have to have a court case, you should have it in Adar. I don't know if you've heard the news yet. Our court case for the show hearing uh, for the zoning base Hashem will be March 10th, which is in Adar. So it's exciting. I don't know if uh, asked for a better time. Time a time to be this All right. Parsha Zachar, this coming Shabbos. So there is an obligation, Minat Torah, for certainly men to hear the mitzvah of erasing the, 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 the remembrance of Allah. was the first nation that uh, attacked Yisrael in a very interesting way. Now, most nations, when they go to war, what are they fighting for? They're fighting for land. They're fighting for money. The Malbim explains that Amalek was not interested in any of the above. Amalek simply just wanted to get rid of And that is why we make such a big deal. Because what did they want? They could not stand that there's a Jewish people who believes in God, who believes in Hashkacha, who believes that things happen for a reason. By Amalek, everything is mikras, everything's by chance, and just give the whole thing up. Just do whatever you want. And therefore, that type of um, philosophy of Amalek, of what some refer to as late sonus, of just apathy, complete disregard for any meaning in life, that is what HaKadosh Baruch says is stopping the Gula, stopping the from coming. The minute that we can convince everybody that there's a purpose in life, there's meaning, then HaKadosh Baruch says, oh, now but as, so long as there exists an Amalek, and it doesn't necessarily mean the actual uh, people, the, 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 the descendants of Amalek, Chazal explained that all Ra in this world, all evil as we know it, all these you know, isms and movements that we find today, literally today, what is that all? That is all a total, that is all a byproduct of Amalek. Freedom, democracy, and getting rid of everything, any meaning, any order in life. And that is something we still need to down for that very, very hard. So the mitzvah of Mechiyas Amalek, Chazal explained, is to go and hear it from the Sefer Torah. 
Now, are women obligated to hear Amalek? To hear Zahir Samalek? So, strictly speaking, many Rishonim feel that there's no obligation for women to hear um, the parsha of Amalek. Nevertheless, the meaning has evolved that women do go to show to hear Mechias Amalek. Um, if a woman can't make it to show, it's fine. Ikar Halach is, they don't have to. Think about it, they can open a chumich, read those three psukim at the end of Parshas Kiseite, and that's it, they've covered their ground. Just reading and thinking about the mitzvah of Mechias Amalek. So certainly if your kids are nagging you or they're gonna, you're gonna slap them to show and they're gonna be freezing and hey, don't, the not necessary. It's a beautiful minute, it's a beautiful minute to be done, um, but but know where the line is. How much is this gonna stress out my family? How much is gonna stress out? Is this worth it or not? That's a shikol that everyone has to keep for themselves. Um, and another important thing, when you hear the mitzvah, when you hear the kriya if you miss one word, a few words, you're still yodzi the mitzvah. You don't have to hear every single word. It's not like kriya's hamagila, where you have to hear every single word, as we'll talk about soon. But by Amalek, you have to hear the main ideas. You catch the main idea of Amalek, you hear the Balkari say that, then you're good. You're yodzi, your mitzvah. Fine. Okay, moving along to Tainus Esther. This year, it's gonna be on a Thursday. The reason why we fast on Tainus Esther is not mentioned in the Nabi, it's not mentioned in the, in the, in the Megillah about fasting on Tainus Esther. The source for it was, is because we know that when Moshe Abenu and Kal Yisrael went to fight Amalek in that first war, the first battle, so Moshe Abenu fasted. He fasted so that he could daven for Hashem, that he should help the Jewish people win this war. So Chazal, the Rishonim understand, well, if that's the case, if that's what they did at the time of the first battle of Amalek, then when Bnei Yisrael and Shushan went to fight Amalek, as it says in the Megillah, after Ahasuerus gave them permission to, 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 to nullify the decree of Haman, then they went and they killed over 75,000 people. Quite a big nace, not one Jew died. At the end of the day, um, since they went to fight Amalek, we will assume, even though it's not written anywhere, we will assume that they fasted too. Mordechai Esther and the Jews, they fasted because that's where that's how we get things that are accomplished in life as a Jew. We fast, we do tshuva. But the Rambam writes, the point of fasting is not just so you feel weak. The point of fasting is that we think about doing tshuva. Therefore, we will assume that that happened as well on Yudim of Adar when Bnei Israel went to fight Amalek. They're in Shucha. Others explain as well that Atinus Esther is because Esther fasted before she went to ask Achashverosh for that meeting, which eventually saved the Jewish people. She fasted three days. Call Yisrael fasted three days. That fast was not, by the way, Erev Purim. You know that the fast was Pesach time. I'm close to Pesach. But nevertheless, to commemorate the fast and what Esther did on behalf of the Jewish people, therefore we fast. We put an instituted fast before Purim. Lezecher, um, that fast of Esther. And call Yisrael. Now, since this fast is not mentioned anywhere, it's mentioned in the Ksudim, and um, therefore the poets can see that there's room to be lenient in this fast. And therefore, um, starting with women, which is the biggest nafgamina, the biggest difference in halacha, a woman who's had a baby in the past 30 days does not need to fast. A woman who is um, nursing, or even is within two years from the time she had her last baby, so even if she stops physically nursing, 
Um, many Paiskim say as well, she does not have to fast. Um, in addition, a woman who's expecting does not have to fast. There's no even, there's no Indian to fast. Oh, I fast for three hours. Who's your partner from fasting? Your partner from fasting does not have to. Um, certainly somebody who has a, what we call a someone who's sick, it's not life endangering, but at the end of the day, they have to lie down and they're stuck in bed for half an hour or so, just a terrible headache. Certainly they don't have to fast. By, that's true by all other fasts, besides for Yom Kippur. By Tainus Esther, if someone has a headache and they just feel they need to take an Advil or a Tylenol, they also can break their fast. Only catch is, is that that's the reason why you break your fast. So now you have to make it up on another day. If today's too hard, you want to break your fast, you can break your fast. You have to make it up another day. You can wait till the shortest day in next December. You can do that too. But you have to make up a fast. If the only reason why you broke your fast was because you have a light michush, as the boys can talk about. You have, a, you have just a light sickness, we'll call it. But other than that, if you certainly, if a person's not feeling well, which many people have a hard time fasting by three, four o'clock, or they're very weak and they just need to lie down and have headaches, things like that, absolutely break your fast. You don't have to make up the fast. Tainus Esther is more cal, more lenient than other. Um, another important halacha regarding the fast is, is that if someone wants to wake up early so that before Allah Sashachar, eat before the fast, um, they really have to make a they have to make a condition before they go to sleep. When I get up, I'm going to eat. They didn't make that condition when they went to sleep. We assume that when they wake up, even if they have to wake up early, so then uh, we say, but when you went to sleep, you accepted the fast on you. Therefore, if someone has in mind they need their coffee, so they should just think 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 aloud or think to themselves when I'm going to sleep. I want that coffee before you know whatever time it is. I'm getting up before that. I would like to have my coffee. That would be mutter. Um, another important halacha is someone wants to brush your teeth in the morning, especially uh, if you have to wear masks in the morning, it's not so comfortable brushing your teeth. Um, so one could lean over the sink, brush their teeth, use toothpaste, mouthwash, whatever have you, um, and and you could take water into your mouth to rinse it out of your mouth. Um, just lean over the sink so that the, the droplets don't you know fall into your throat. That's what the Mishnah Guru writes, and that is that is permitted on Tainus, and that's permitted on the on the other fast as well, except for Kippur. Moving along, Machtes Hashakel on Erev Yom Kippur on Erev Tishrei Erev Kurim. There's a minute to take a half, half a half of half of the going coin in your country. Why? Because in the times of the Beis Hamikdash. So um, Bnei Israel had to supply the Beis HaMikdash with funds so that they could bring their karbanos. Every day there was an animal brought in the morning called the carbon tomato and an animal brought in the evening. And if there were no extra karbanos being brought throughout the day from people, there was always had to be an animal on the Mizbeach. There always had to be. It's called Ketzah Mizbeach. So who's paying for that? Where does the money come from? The money comes from Kali Yisrael. During the month of Adar, they would collect funds from each family, so that you would have enough money to pay for these karbanos over the course of the year. It says in the Torah, take Truma three times, and therefore 
we commemorate that with three separate coins. Even time they something, there's no one did one. We commemorate the, the Machtes HaShekel, which they gave with three coins. Those three coins are, um, have to be, ideally have to be a half of a coin, like half of half a dollar, like it's called, I mentioned before. Therefore, um, this is an obligation on men, and most men, when they go to show on Erev Purim, they will, they will deposit money into the tray. That's usually out in the show. They'll pick up three half-dollar coins, which are there that someone provides, and kind of acquire them. If it's, a, it's a nice thing to have your own three coins. Go to Wells Fargo. I just did. Picked up a few. Have your own. And say that's ideal. If a woman wants to do it, she can do it. She's not obligated to do it. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. Um, and uh, certainly the place can write a woman is expecting um, to, to be shok el shkalim for, um, for, for the Um minute. It depends if you have that minute. If you don't have the minute, you don't have to do it. But if you have the minute, that is, it's a beautiful thing to do. Okay. If a person forgot to give the Machsas HaShakel, they can give it after Purim too. The entire month of Adar is fit for the Mitzvah Machsas All right, now let's move on to Purim. So it's a tiny Esther night, ready to hear the Megillah. Now, especially in COVID, it's hard to find babysitters. And the question is, is our husbands and wives gonna be able to go to Shul together? If not, then the wife is going to stay home and come to the second meeting, which we'll have here in the Talmud Hashem. Um, that's going to be a long time after fast. Does a woman have to continue fasting until she hears the Megillah? So, strictly speaking, one is not allowed to eat until they hear Megillah. Like men, a person has a mitzvah, let's say, to say Shema. A man has a mitzvah to say Shema, he's not allowed to eat until he says Shema. As the Daven can't eat until he, until he davens. If you have an obligation. So, here, Unlike most mitzvahs hasei shahazvan grama, most mitzvahs which are time-bound women are not obligated in, this mitzvah of Megillah and Matanis Lavionim and Mishlach Manus and the mitzvah of Suhudas Purim, women are obligated just as much as men because of the Gemara's victim of Afhein Hayu Ba'os Women were part of the miracle. They experienced the same nisim that men did. And therefore, Chazal said, you're obligated. You must keep these halachas just as much as men. Okay, well, now that a woman has an obligation to hear the Megillah, how is she allowed to eat before she hears the Megillah? So, number one is, is if the fast is hard, it's, and, and certainly many times it is, you're allowed to have what we call a te'ima ba'alma. You're allowed to have a taste. You want the taste of, you know, a few bites of fruit. You want to have a drink. You want to have a small cookie. Less than a, than, than a double kezayis. Again, once you start dealing with volume, it gets a little, little tricky. But, um, you know, you want to have, let's say, uh, two, you know, three, I'll take an example, three, three Oreo cookies, you're good. That's a good example. Two Oreo cookies is a good size. Good uh, measurement to have in your bag. So you have three Oreo cookies, less than a kebeya, that's fine. But let's say you really need eight. Really, really hungry. Um, you're making the food for your kids. And or you have to eat. So what can you do? So there's an pizza. There's a very important pizza. Pizza is... It's to tell your husband before he goes to show, you know, can you please remind me when you come back from show that I have to hear Megillah? Because if you appoint what we call a shaymer, someone who's you know over ensuring he's your watch watchman, and then say he's gonna show that you do your mitzvah, so then that works and you can. And uh, 
it's it's important that if you forget, if you forget to tell your husband, your husband runs out to show, you're like, oh no, I need to eat. So there's another um, what we call you can a modern day shaymer. Anyone guess what's a modern day shaymer? If you don't have your husband, kids don't count. Your phone. Good alarm on your phone. It's interesting. Rabbi Berger once showed me that there's a safer written a hundred years ago. It's a commentary on the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. Right? Believe Rabbi Berger knows every single safer that's out there, every single detail. And he said, "You see, look, I found the source of an alarm clock over a hundred years ago." He was talking about a grandfather clock that that was able to be set to a specific alarm. You know, can you use that as a shomer? Again, it's a modern day shaila. It's not something that's discussed by the earlier poskim. Um, so, so many, many posts can rely on having a good alarm. Uh, make sure your alarm, you know, double check your alarm, make sure that it's good. Sometimes I make mistakes on an AM, PM, you know, is it on vibrate? Is my phone on? It, it, it's, it's not as good as a human being. No, okay, let's get ourselves. It's technology. But, um, but it does work if you know for sure that it's set and it's set correctly. Another thing that can be done, Rav Goleski is a friend of Rachel later, Shiva in Israel. When he wanted to ensure that he would remember to count sphere later on in the times of the, you know in the summer months, so what he would do is he would flip his tie around. You know, you you do something, you turn your watch inside out, or something that's strange, and that will hopefully act as a reminder um, that's in front of you to um uh, to, to, to to you know for sphere, but but here for 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 hearing the megillah. Um, we sent out here in the show for sphere, those sphere cards. I know if you saw them, it's something that's on the table in front of you to remind, remind you to say sphere. And something like that as well would also work. You know, if you want to put on your front door a sign, go here, Megillah. You know, you put it, put it somewhere where you know you're for sure going to see on your fridge. So that would also work. Okay. So who's obligated to hear Megillah? So we said women are obligated as much as men. What about children? Children, are they mechuyiv to hear? So we know that about many other mitzvahs, the mitzvah of chinuch. We have to train our children to keep the mitzvah, the mitzvahs to what they're going to be obligated when they're older. And therefore, boys and girls who are of the, of the age of chinuch, starting between five and six, think how smart they are, um, they're obligated to go hear the megillah. They must hear the megillah. We can't say, you know, they're going to disturb. We have to teach them how to sit and to sit here. Little, little kids, believe it or not, there are post who write, even little kids should come to the megillah because. Everybody, when all the all the family members come together, it's a beautiful um, display of Pirsuminisa. Nevertheless, if your kid's not going to sit down, he's just going to be struck. Then you don't bring him to show because no one will be able to, keep, to fulfill their mitzvah. Because the kid will be screaming, the mother will have to be holding, the baby's crying. So then, obviously, you know, in a situation like that, don't have to bring your kids. You shouldn't bring your kids to show. Okay, um, a few halachas about the Megillah. So when the when the Valkari starts, he's gonna he's gonna say three brachos: bracha of al mikra Megillah, shasanisim lavoisenu, and shachiyon. We stand when we hear those brachos. We have to answer amen. We're not allowed to answer baruchu uvaruch This is a rule that's good to know. We only answer baruchu uvaruch shemot a bracha that we're not obligated in. If this bracha is working for me. Right? If someone else is making Kiddush, if your husband's making Kiddush Friday night, so that Kiddush is your Kiddush. You're, you are fulfilling your mitzvah by Shomei Ka'ona. You're listening to your husband's Kiddush. So 
how can I answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shalom? It's as if I said Baruch Ato Hashem, Baruch Hu Baruch Shemayi, Lakeinu Melech Ha'ilam, Shachol Niyad Bezvarei. Can't make a bracha like that. It's a hefsek in our bracha, and therefore we can't answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shalom in a bracha that we ourselves are obligated in. Only a bracha. If I hear someone else making a bracha on his on his cup of water, then I can answer, and I'm supposed to answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shemayi. But uh, but a bracha that we're not obligated and that we're obligated, we can't answer Baruch Hu Baruch Shemayi. All right. Um, when when if women go to a, special, a separate uh, hearing of Megillah, I mean usually there are no men present who have not heard the Megillah. Then there's a different bracha that's made. It's not Al Mikra Megillah anymore. It's Lishmaya Megillah because now the one who's reading the Megillah doesn't have an obligation to read it. He rather is being motzi those who are in attendance their obligation, and therefore only one bracha of Lishmaya is made. Some have the meaning that all the women present make their own bracha. Many, and I think that's the problem here in Baltimore and perhaps in America, is that there's one woman um, who, who says it on behalf, out loud, on behalf of the other woman. Who's the guinea pig? Usually the Balkari as well. But that's, that, that's the way that it goes. Shlomo Zalman writes that his, his mother used to he would always lean for his mother every year, and she would say the say the bracha. Okay, when we when we say the Megillah, the most common question is is that did I hear every word? Did I catch that word? Did I hear it? What do I do? I missed it. The first thing is is we have a few tools in the back. Number one is is that um, if you have if your husband has a real kosher Megillah. And you're comfortable reading out of a kosher Megillah, and you read word, a lot word for word with the Balkore from the Megillah, so then there's nothing to be concerned about because you read it from kosher Megillah. However, if you don't have Read it and catch up the Balkore. If you just read that one word and then you hear this word and, and, and it's out of order, that doesn't count. You have to read it in order. But you have this ability to read along in it's yourself so that you are Yotze, your mitzvah. Even though that we have these tools, sometimes people will scratch their heads at the end of the day. I wonder if I heard that, that word or not. Generally speaking, you can assume the price if we were there and we we're paying attention, we're trying to pay attention. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to hear the words of Megillah. And I'm focused and I'm looking at the words. And then I and then I, and then I'm, I'm all concerned at the end of the day. Did I hear it or did I not hear it? You can assume that we heard it. But you are Yotze. And that's an important thing to know. When we hear the Megillah, so the 10 names of Haman are, are read out loud. And when we say them, those 10 names should be said in one breath. If you can do it, that's right. If you, if you can't, it's not Mahakiv. Doesn't, doesn't mean you're not Yotzin Megillah, but we should try to say those 10 names of Allah all in one breath. Now, let's say a woman, I'm the man too, run into Megillah, laying, and uh, he just finished saying Shachyana. So, is it too late? Miss the brachas. So Allah is, it's not too late. 
you are now, as long as you get there on time for you're good. If you find time in the middle of the Megillah, there's a stoppage in play for any reason, you know, um, you can say the brachas in the middle of the Megillah. You can say the brachas right then. It doesn't have to be all together necessarily. You get one bracha here, one bracha there, you know, and uh, it's not usually that common that there's going to be that much time to say it. Let's say a bracha. Um, it could be that when 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 the tzibur is saying you don't have to say those words out loud. It's the minute to say it out loud with the balkore. It could be the ideal right then you could say your bracha. It can happen, and it's a bracha and it's a halacha that uh, good to know. Now during the daytime, when we hear the bracha of shachianu, we're supposed to have in mind all the mitzvahs of the day, which includes. The mitzvah of the mitzvah of Mishlach, the mitzvah of that we perform. We want the Shechianum, the Kimanu, the Lazman, Hazeh to work for those mitzvahs as well. It's a very happy time. Every mitzvah deserves a bracha of Shechianum. We haven't done it you know, in a long time. If it's a cyclical mitzvah, they deserve a Shechianum. It's just a discussion of are these all, are these mitzvahs part of one package or are they all viewed as separate mitzvahs? And therefore, because of this doubt, we say to have in mind during the Shechianu of the Megillah, all the mitzvahs that we're going to do later on. Okay. Mishlach um, So let's start with the next one, Mishlach So Mishlach the word Mishlach means to send. It's a funny misconception you see even signs. They say Shalach Are you giving Shalach this year? There's no word Shalach there's no word shalach manas. The word is mishlayach manas. Shalach manas means someone sent packages already. You want to literally translate that. Mishlayach manas means the sending of packages. That's the word. Mishlayach manas is a singular tense. Mishlayach. It's one sending, one package of manas. That's plural, of two. And therefore, Chazal derived from this language, it's found in the Megillah, that we have to give one package which consists of two items. Now, what type of items? Many think that you need two brachas. I think by now, hopefully, that people have talked about this enough, that that's not true. Two brachas are not necessary for Mishra Chavamas. But they do have to be two, two, two different foods. Now, interesting, you can have two different types of meat if they taste differently. That's already considered two different, but you can't, you shouldn't have two of the same exact Thing. Now, Baruch Hashem, that's not usually the issue. But here's a question. Right? We had this question last year. Let's say um, you want to give a parfait, a yogurt. Right? right? My wife wanted to give her students a yogurt and on top put a package of granola. Is that considered too manais? Is that two, two items? You could say, well, there's yogurt, as a friend, and there's granola. Or what about this? We once got a mishloch manais where I think a student gave us a bag of lettuce and beautifully, beautifully packaged, a whole bag of lettuce in a beautiful glass bowl with croutons and salad dressing. And Caesar salad, who doesn't really want that on board? I got excited when I said that. And, um, but the question is, is, is this too manis? Because what do you do with it? You put the croutons in the salad with the dressing and now I have one thing. Interesting question. I put the granola into the parfait and now I have one thing. So I saw Rishmuel Kamenetsky says that if there are two items that are separate and they are, they can be eaten by themselves separately, 
And that's considered two items, even though the intent of the giver and perhaps and presumably the recipient is going to put them together. Technically, they don't have to eat them together. However, if it's something that is not even considered in, you know, a separate food item, it's, uh, it's spices or perhaps even croutons, which are not going to be eaten by themselves. And salad croutons, it's guaranteed to be when it's called, referred to as tavlin, more like a dressing, a, an added uh, component to the salad. So then that's all part of the salad. And that's not considered a person could not be Okay, so hopefully one Mishlach will be kosher. Um, and that Mishlach by the way, you know, it does not have to be, even though women are obligated in this mitzvah as well, the husband and wife, since we know the famous Gemara of Sanhedrin, which says, man and wife are like one unit. And therefore they can give one Mishlach on behalf of both of them to a family friend and they are both Yotze. Now the Gemara does talk about that a man is supposed to give to a man and a woman is supposed to give to a woman. That halacha is quite limited because it's only limited to a case where a man goes and gives a mishlach and it's designated for a woman. That is a lachius. That's a breach in sneeze and that has I'll say that you're not allowed to do. But if, for example, I'm delivering my mishlach my family mishlach and a woman opens the door, so I don't have to drop it on the floor. Right? I can give it to her because this is on behalf of my family and vice versa. If a woman's dropping delivery mishlach and the man opens the door, that's not a, a violation of, you know, that's not a violation of that because it's not designated for that specific person. It's for the family. A similar halacha comes out in Hilchas Avelus. Somebody is in Avel, so they are still obligated to give mishlach but they're not allowed to receive mishlach we're not allowed to give an offer Mishlach Manis because it gladdens their heart. But if they are in the morning period of their parent or the 30-day morning period of a, of, a, of a sibling, so then, and, uh, then, then, then they're not allowed to accept Mishlach Manis. It's too, too much going on. But what we can do is give it to the family. Now, this is a Mishlach Manis for your family, not for you. Want to enjoy it? Doesn't they? But this is not for you. This is for your family, and then it is winter. That, that can be done. There are places to say, even if, let's say, a, a, a single girl is giving to her single friend, you know, and she doesn't have a family. She's, she's out of town. She's in seminary somewhere. She doesn't have a family. And it's, you know, and it's the booster. You can have to rely on those, those cases. Um, interesting halacha. Many of us spend hours and hours before Purim and on Purim delivering and preparing shalachmanas of our children. There are many paiskim who hold that there's absolutely no inyan to be mechanech children in shalachmanas. The new one. Why? They don't have money. Kids don't have their own money. How, they, how can Hashem expect them to give shalachmanas from what? They don't have any money. And therefore, Rishmuel holds that uh, you, children do not have to give Mishlach Manas. Now, I, I would just mention that that's not the minute. It seems to be the minute is that we absolutely involve her. And whether we're obligated or not, I think it's an important 
customer, them seeing, getting engaged, and, and participating in the packaging and in the delivering, going to their friends, knocking on their friends' door, and say, here's a Bishtachman, it's exciting for them. You know, and what is Chinuch? What are we trying to do with Ormachanach, our children? Not to say, by the way, when we get older, this is what we have to do. If that's all we're doing, one's youth when it all comes together when they're building themselves and if they see their parents excited then later on in life they'll be excited for it that's what Shlai Ba'amelech says when he gets old he won't stop doing mitzvahs because when he was young he appreciated the mitzvahs that his parents taught him to do so um don't forget to do your omish, but I almost forgot last year. Baruch Hashem, so busy with the kids and, 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 the, and the show and everything. I literally, it was like 4.30. It's like, oh my gosh, I didn't deliver my own yet. You were probably, I'd say, between all the we gave to the students and, and you know, my wife gave out, but uh, you can get caught up in the day, busy with other things, and we have to just not lose sight of, of our actual mitzvahs that we must keep. All right, interesting, another halacha. In in Mishlei the, the pasuk says, "Mishlei Chmanos, Ish Ehu, you know, man to his friend." And Chazal derived from here that we have. What's the point of Mishlei Chmanos? Is to be marberay, so that we could develop our relationships with our friends. We become right when 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 someone gives me a present, I feel more fond for them, and vice versa. And therefore, the Ksav Seifer writes in a tshuva that if we deliver Mishlach Manais and we forgot to put our name on it, and we drop it by the door, we knock on the door, they're not home, it's okay, leave it by the door. And we didn't put our name in it, we're not yet to. They don't know who it's from. You know, sometimes it's happened in the past where we've gone to Mishlach Manais and we feel so bad, like here this person, you know, put together this beautiful Mishlach Manais and we don't know who it's from. You, you don't feel closer to anybody because of that. You, know, you feel closer to Kali Yisrael, people who care. But at the end of the day, the mitzvah is not accomplished because they don't feel any closer to you. Because they don't know that this is your mitzvah. Therefore, always good to label mitzvah. Your yote encased in that. Another interesting thing along the same line of thought is, is that if a person will not appreciate the mitzvah, you may not be a because like we said, the concept is, is to be marvelous so that people could enjoy be, be excited about their friend. If they if 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 they show up and it's you know it's a half a bag of chips with a piece of tape on it, whatever you have, and and, and it's and it's just not befitting, that person was not used to this is what you're giving me. This is this is I can't eat this, I won't eat this. You know, that the place can say you're not yitz, you're not yitz, you're mitzvah. Because that Mishlaich Manas has got to make the person feel good about the battle. That's the whole purpose of and, uh, and 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 while we're on this topic, you know, it's, uh, we had a Vader Abundant meeting today, and uh, Rabbi Hafer stressed that we have to encourage the, the community to really reach out to people that we haven't reached out to over the past of the year. You know, with COVID, people have been really inhibited, been restricted at home. Have not, uh, sometimes I just go to a show once in a while across town. I've been people I haven't seen in months, literally in months. You know, and uh, we can't forget about our friends you know, who are across town and make it a 
make it our mission this Purim, even though it's a very short day. Um, and even if it's done before Purim, you may not be Yotzi, your mitzvah with Mishloch Manas that's given beforehand. But at the end of the day, we should uh, put an emphasis on the people that we may have not been in touch with over the year. You know, and all it takes is a phone call. Listen, someone called me last night. I haven't spoken to him over a year. You know, one phone call, and then you're back. You know, this period. You know, I've been speaking to this person. You feel like you've been speaking to him every day. You know, that's uh, and that's the amazing thing. The Chazal said, just give one package, and then you're marvelous. One package? Don't you think I got to do this on a weekly basis? No, even one time, one small um, kindness, an act of of interest is enough to be, you know, to reignite and to ignite a relationship. That is the that is the Mr. Um, is it interesting? It's important to be aware when we're talking about Mishlachmanis is, is that uh chala is sometimes an issue, um, especially if a person is making if a woman's making over four pounds of of flour, um, whether it's cake, cookies, or challah, they have to take off challah. The difference is that if, if it is bread, they take it off with a bracha. But if it is cake, cookies, they take it off with powder. And even if you're planning on distributing them, you still need to take off chal. Another important halach is tevilas kedu. Many times people find these beautiful dollar glass bowls or things, you know, trays from the dollar store, wherever you have it, and they want to present the food on a beautiful tray. So the question is, is do you and can you do tevilas kedu on this, on this tray? So it's not a simple shayla. not a simple shayla because um, the halacha is, is that a person, the owner who's going to be eating from it has to do his own tevilas kelim. If I purchase something and then it's not still not in the possession of the owner, so how can I do tevilas kelim on his tray? This is going to be your tray, not my tray. Now, this, I should mention this halacha is only prevalent, it's only relevant when the food is going to be eaten off of the tray. If, for example, you have a glass tray and you're going to be putting on, uh, you know, bagged items, especially with COVID, everything today's bagged. No one wants your opened uh, fruit and stuff. I'll eat it, but many people won't. Um, that's a, that, that's not a problem because they're not eating off the tray, and the person will know that whenever they're ready to use this tray, they'll go and table it. However, if you want to, let's say, make a beautiful fruit platter for someone or a vegetable spread on a tray that requires tevila and the person's going to be eating directly off of it that requires tevila's kelim. So the answer for that is, is, is that you can go over to your husband, over to your neighbor, someone who's visiting your house or whatever, and you say, can you please acquire this vessel, this cake on behalf of my friend? You don't have to tell me where the friend is. It's like this that you're being mezake, it's called being zoiche and the keli for somebody else. And then they lift it up, Kenyan Hagboy lift it up. And that is a Kenyan on behalf of the person. Now you can go and be able to clean for them. And they don't have to do Kilo's Kalim for it. But if you do this eight that's a great eight set, it works. You have to write on the label on the card, because you are writing a card, that uh, that this clean has been titled why. Because if you don't write that, they don't know you titled it. What are they going to do? They're going to take it to the middle. They're going to make a brach. It's a brach of so therefore, if you do follow through with this etza, make sure that it's written on the package, this kli was taifal. They don't have to do it. If they ask questions, how did you table this? 
call him and he'd say, you know, I heard from a rabbi that this is what I heard. Fine. That is the mitzvah of Shlach Manis. Now, let's talk about the mitzvah of Matanis Levyonim and Su'uda, and then we'll wrap up the shir. Matanis Levyonim. This Chazal says is what, perhaps the most important mitzvah of Abbarim, giving money to the poor. Um, Chazal saw this time, you know, where, where, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so benevolent to us. He gave us when we were undeserving. The Gemara describes, the Gemara in Kedushin describes the state of Jewry, you know, we talk about, on one hand, it was a time, like the Gemara Shabbos discusses, where Kla Yisrael almost accepted the Torah anew. And this was a, a people who must have been on a very lofty level, right? Sounds like. Look in the Gemara and Kedushin, it's quite clear that it was not the case. The Gemara refers to Shushan and, and Elam and the, 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 the adjacent towns that come to the country over there, as people who were impoverished in Torah. says the Gemara. They were people who, they were, who were uneducated. They did not, they had these great Kedolim and Mordechai, Ezra, Nehemiah, and um, Daniel, and they didn't learn from them. The Gemara says they were haughty, they, they were eccentric, they didn't care to go learn Torah. And they didn't know, they didn't know anything about Allah. And yet, how can Shabbat perform this nature then? Right? They're almost like Evyoinu. They're like impoverished. They are Anim, says the Gemara. And therefore, we have to act in a similar way and show our benevolence to Anim, just like a Kanshbar who shows us. And therefore, it says the Gemara, Kol yad Anyone who extends a hand and asks for money, we give him. Without even asking. Without doing, you know, our Shiva uh, Chakira, and asking them where you're from. Just, you ask for money, I'm giving you. This line is misquoted. This line means that any bacher, any institution that knocks on your door, you have to give. And uh, like Rabbi Hafer actually corrected today in the Bible, that's not the halacha. The halacha is, is that anybody who's an oni is entitled to this. But an institution or a bacher who doesn't need the money for himself, so then they're not included in this dictum that they can receive money. They get upset. You could say, Listen, I'm giving out Baruch Hashem a lot of money. I can't afford it. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to give money to every single institution. It's for Anim. That's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to support Anim. Poor people. Like we explained, because to, to remind us of this concept that we were Anim. It's a beautiful mitzvah to give institutions. You can and you should. You might have stuck on, on, on Purim. Nevertheless, um, to, 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 to fulfill the mitzvah of of Yonam has to be given to an un, it cannot be given to an institution. Abbas um, Yisrael, by the way, is not an institution. I'm not allowed to use my I want to buy my lulav. Can I use my sir? No. So the, the, there are different opinions on this matter. A few dollars. And you know, if you could buy an, a, a small meal 
at uh, you know, kosher bite for six dollars, seven dollars, ten dollars, doggies for nine ninety-nine special. You know, that's 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 something that is royally scab. That's something that's a meaningful um, uh, package and meaningful present to an honey. That is the base level. So you want to give ten dollars each for twenty dollars, then for sure the holidays you have in Yotza your mitzvah. If you give less than that, there are many shitas who hold there. You're also Yotze, but at least $20 should be given, $10 each. I think that's just an easy number, a fair number that, that we can. Um, what, again, a, a women, here's the same halach as Mishlach Manus. Women are Yotze, dismissive with their husband. The husband and wife don't each have to give separately $10 you know, per ani. The husband can give $20 in total on behalf of him and his wife and kids who are at home, who are um, what we call in the Gemara, they're relying on the support of their parents. They are included, they're covered by their father's matonis um, that he gave to them. Okay, so it sounds like we've got the women off of matonis of Yayinim, although Mishlachmanis, they have to prepare it, and they also have to go through Megillah, and then now, now, now it's time to discuss the Su'udah. So the Ramah writes on the first night of Purim, we come home after the Megillah, there is a concept to have a little bit of simcha, sas mishta, have a little bit of, uh, of, of something tasty, something special, unique for Purim. Make it have, a, have an avirat atmosphere of, of a young person. Some say you should watch, have to watch, but do something, you know, light a candle, something that, that, that brings the spirit of Purim, you know, some festive sort of meal. You know, if you just, you know, grab a bagel from the freezer and, you know, you know on some cream cheese, I don't know if you're going to say, maybe, you know, but uh, if that's something that's special to you. But it should be, it should be something that's not stressful, right? but that is that is the simple and, and nice. However, in the daytime is when the, 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 the bigger obligation of Suuda kicks in. And the, interestingly, the El Yeraba site in which the brewer writes that in order to fully, to fully Accomplish this mitzvah, one has to invite guests. You have to invite guests because being alone for Purim is thus not as as it is when you have guests. What do we do this year? Okay. Okay. If you have people in your bubble, or, or there apparently are bubbles out there, um, <laughs> but they say, you know, if there's a family, call a kavod, you know. Uh, you, you should you should have at least one family some if, if you can and if there's somebody that's there if you want to be careful and, and, and it's fine you don't have to have it's not you don't have to have guests but having guests raises the spirit of love um and 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 it's and it's royalist mayach royalist mayach to bring the whole family together eat the meal at the same time the husband eats there, and the wife eats there, and the kids eat there. It should be almost like a Shabbos meal when everyone's together, rejoicing, singing, you know, sharing words of 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 tire, you know, of, of your kids, making the event, you know, um, momentous. Um, the Rambam does say that um, that the meal should consist of meat and wine. Um, somebody asked me today, can you have a dairy suda? Especially this year, it's Arab Shabbos, and people are going to be eating lots of meat over the next two meals on Shabbos. Do they have to have meat by the Purim Suda? So, strictly speaking, you know, um, according to the Mishnah, according to the Chabetz Chaim, 
Um, you don't, if you enjoy the dairy as much as you do the meat, you can have a dairy soup. You can. Is that ideal? I think that there are many poskim who are both. It's Chaim's decision. And, and, and definitely the minute is to have meat and or chicken is fine as well. Um, it raises the spirit. It raises the excitement. It's more of a su'uda. Um, now let's talk about wine. Um, most women do not are not obligated to you know the the mitzvah that the Gemara discusses of chayiv inish levesumi bepuria adal yada. It says chayiv inish. Inish means a man, not a woman. Not the derech of a woman to drink wine to get chikur. In fact, the Gemara talks about women not getting. Therefore, a woman is not obligated in this mitzvah. Some say she should have some grape juice, right? but that's not ob obligatory. Most folks can say you don't. Um, a man's obligation to get drunk, I'll just mention to you, is, 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 is a mitzvah, a real mitzvah. Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes about his father, Chacham Tzvi, that when he was younger, he would get mamish shikr, shikr to the floor. When the greatest gedolim Hoist game that we have, right? On he went he got absolutely shikar. Nevertheless, many had reached him right, and including the Chacham Tzvi himself, when he got older, he didn't stop. If it's harmful, if it's, if it's not a good habit to get into, um, something that is only, uh, you know, limited to Purim, drink on Purim, because it's Purim. And, and it's done b'seichel, and it's done in a in a kosher environment, nothing wrong with that. That's, that's how you have been functioning for many, many years. Um, nevertheless, if a person does not want to get drunk, they're not believed to get drunk. The Ramah writes that if they want, they could just drink more than their, what we call, you know, the average limit. Let's say a man has, a, you know, if one l'chaim, some people say, you have one l'chaim every Shabbos, you have two l'chaims in your yaitzah. That, that, that's not the mitzvah. That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is, is to is if a man drinks, you know, enough that it, here's an interesting definition found in one of the rejoinings in the 11th and 1200s. He says, if someone walks in your door on money that you don't know who they are, you know, and it's awkward, if you'd be willing to just sit down with him and have a good conversation, open yourself up, you're loose, you're doing something. Get to that level when a person is happy, really happy. That's a beautiful mitzvah. It's a, it's, a, it's a time when people could talk. It's yimidaber aleiv of yoinim. And says the Orchus that that's the purpose of getting drunk, so that we could um, open up and, 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 and loosen our, our, our inhibited. When, when people could, could relax and talk to poor people, people, sometimes people have the most open conversations, between Bakr especially, you know, on Purim, when they drink a little bit, open up and they're able to discuss and talk about things that they never would have would have interested in. I'm just saying this as a you know, you know, wives and mothers of people who may be drunk, right? Know that there's there is a place for this entire there's a real place for this entire when it's done in the right. And I've seen great people do it. Um and and, and it's something that, that Kali Yitzhak has been doing for thousands of years and it's a minute that should not be uh, scoffed at. Needless to say, that Purim is on a Erev Shabbos, we have to make Shabbos. We have to get into Shabbos and, 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 and have our Shabbos salutas. And therefore, the Ramah writes that this year, um, so the, the su'uda should be done before Chatzos. Now, does that mean you have to finish your meal before Chatzos? 
Many say not. You can, you can eat your meal up until we call the 10th hour of the day, which is I think roughly four o'clock this year. You have to finish your meal by four o'clock. Why? So that you enter Shabbos hungry. You know, how many, how many of us can relate that if you have a big Shabbos meal, Shalashudas comes around just a few hours later and you can barely put anything in your mouth. So therefore, it's the same thing here. If we, if we indulge too much in a Purim Suda too late in the day, come Shabbos and we're not going to be interested in the Shabbos Suda and it's almost a disgrace to Shabbos. Right? That's a real obligation to have a Shabbos Suda. And therefore, this year, um, we may have to limit our uh, Mishlach Manais deliveries um, and uh, have, or, or we can always do Mishlach Manais after the Suda. People think they have to do Mishlach Manais before the Suda. It's not true. You can have your suda at 10 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. You can have your suda, finish up, and then go do Mitzvah Manas, And then not feel that I'm going to be so tied down to the suda of Shabbos. I'll do Mitzvah Manas afterwards. And guess what? You'll probably, most people will probably be home. And everyone's trying to make this on time. If you do your, 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 your suda early and you want to live your Mitzvah Manas later, more people will be home. That's fine. It's an appropriate way of doing it, especially this year. Okay, I just want to conclude with um, tefillah. You know, Purim, when we said, when we, you know, when we give, Hashem gives. Hashem, when we see, the Arizal says, I mentioned this before, the Arizal says, before we start Shemana Esrei, what pasuk should you think of? About the Dhamma Shemana Esrei, what should I think of? Some people. You know what the Arizal says? You should think about the pasuk of v'hafta l'reichem. V'hafta l'reichem. Conversation with God. What does it have to do with my friends? So I think perhaps the chat is, is is that if I want to go to my father and ask him, and in the meantime I have this dispute with my brother. My father's gonna say, "You're asking me for requests." And this is how you're treating my other child? You love me? You're telling me how great I am? And now, oh, please, I got this You know, Shema Kaleinu. You know, excuse me. Excuse me. First get along with my other children, and then I'm willing to listen. I think that that's the appropriate each we have for, you know, when we're coming to Purim. Purim is a time when, yes, the price can write, feels are accepted in the Shemani. But when are they? Is when we're marbareyus or no simatanas lavionim. We invite people for this. We extend mitzvayachmanis. We daven for others. Daven for others. Then Hakadosh Baruch Hu will accept us. Use the time. Again, it's a short day. A lot to do in the day. But if you have a few moments to to get up early or whatever you can to at least daven one shemineser. And when kol poishet yad noistem. We extend our hand and ask them for something. Hashem gives us. Because we're going to answer all our things. Let this be a year, a coming year, a year of health. When we could return our lives back to normal and usual. Thank you.